0: We start today with one of the major impeachment inquiry investigations against Joe Biden very quickly imploding. We suspected this was not going to go particularly well for Republicans, mostly because Joe Biden's been in politics for 50 years and many of the sorts of claims that they are making against him to justify the impeachment inquiry. We would have evidence of by now if this was really the sort of behavior that Joe Biden was engaging in. But let's put that aside. One of the major claims that Republicans want to look into to find evidence for they don't actually have it, is that Joe Biden was making policy pushes and policy decisions as vice president of the United States in order to benefit himself and his family, his son, Hunter Biden, financially. One of the big claims around this relates to withholding one billion dollars in U.S. aid to Ukraine unless this prosecutor Shokin was removed from his job. Unfortunately, it is now incredibly clear, as if it wasn't clear before, that when Joe Biden spoke about that. He was just transmitting what American and actually coalition policy was at the time. So let's explain a little bit more about this. Newsweek reports. Joe Biden impeachment claim questioned, OK, quote, Republican efforts to impeach Joe Biden suffered a blow after fresh evidence emerged showing his bid to remove Ukrainian prosecutor general Viktor Shokin in 2015 reflected uh, represented U.S. government policy. A professor in U.S. politics told Newsweek that unless opposing evidence was uncovered, the impeachment was likely to backfire on the Republican Party. Then Vice President Biden met Petro Poroshenko, the Ukrainian president at the time in December 2015, after which he claimed he'd threatened to withhold a billion dollars in aid to Kiev unless Shokin was removed from his post, which he subsequently was. Now, this is the critical part. This paragraph, these two paragraphs explain it as clearly as anyone can. Some conservatives. This is the argument they make for his impeachment. Some conservatives have suggested Biden was attempting to protect Ukrainian energy company Burisma, the board of which his son, Hunter Biden, joined in 2014 by moving against Shokin. However, a pre-meeting memo prepared for Biden by the State Department dated November 25, 2015, made it clear that removing Shokin was the Obama administration's policy. The document called for Shokin's removal, claiming he was widely regarded as an obstacle to fighting corruption, if not a source of the problem. So let me simplify this as much as I can. The argument that the right is making is as follows. Shokin was investigating Burisma. Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. Biden worked to help his son make money by getting Shoken out of the way so he would stop investigating Burisma, which would be bad for Hunter Biden's pocket. And maybe if you believe that Hunter was giving kickbacks to Joe Biden, it would be bad for Joe Biden as well. That's the argument from the right. The truth, as we already knew, yet we now have additional documents that are showing this to be the case. As we already knew, it was Obama administration policy in consultation with many of our allies that Shokin was actually corrupt and that he uh, should be removed. This is what we suspected all along, and we now have additional evidence for that. This is only one line of attack against Joe Biden. There are other lines of attack against him as well, but this one is very quickly falling apart. Joe Biden, as I said earlier, has been in national politics for 50 years to some degree it's reasonable to think if they still haven't found anything on Biden, maybe it's because he's been pretty careful not to do stupid stuff. Now, you could go further and you could say, well, but David, fine. It was Biden. It was Obama administration policy that they wanted Shoken out. But maybe that was Obama administration policy because Joe Biden went to Barack Obama and said, hey, let's get this Shokin guy out of the way. He's corrupt. But the real reason Biden went to Obama is because he wanted to get him out of the way. So he stops investigating Burisma, which would be bad for Hunter Biden. If that's the argument they are next going to make, at some point they need evidence with all of these things. You know, we've talked about it with with the Trump crimes and they're going after him for political reasons. And Joe Biden is orchestrating the arrest. And with every single one of these things, they have no evidence. At some point, we have to be able to say, you have no evidence because there is no evidence the counterpoint that the conspiracists are coming up with is there's no evidence because biden has done a really good job at getting rid of the evidence at some point we have to be able to put a line and say no there's no evidence because there just is no evidence it doesn't exist and we get to this incredible contrast where on the one hand they want the, these right wingers these maga trumpists want us to believe that Joe Biden is demented. He doesn't know what day it is. He can't string together a sentence. And he's basically hopped up on uppers so that he can spend five minutes in public before going back to having, you know, Borscht spoon fed into his mouth by AIDS because he can't even feed himself. That's one story. The other story is Biden is the most devious and brilliant crime family boss in history where he has not only committed dozens of acts of corruption and bribery, but he's also perfectly covered them up so that no one can find a shred of evidence of them. At a certain point, we have to apply a sort of casual version of Occam's razor and say there's no evidence because the evidence doesn't exist. There's no evidence because Joe Biden genuinely isn't doing the things they have accused him of doing. If and when we get to that point, where these MAGA Trumpists will acknowledge and accept that. I don't know. They still think Trump won in 2020. So to some degree, it's like they may never actually accept it. But that's where we are today. One major impeachment line against Biden collapsing before their very eyes, just evaporating. A Texas teacher has been fired for assigning an illustrated unabridged version of Anne Frank's diary to the students in the class. Now, there are some critical details here which we are going to discuss, but when we talk about the real cancel culture, when we talk about the real suppression of speech, this is it. This is actually what it is. This is what happens when politicians think they know better than education professionals what to teach, what to assign and how to teach it. Let's discuss. Texas teacher fired after assigning an illustrated Anne Frank book. The graphic novel adaptation released in twenty eighteen is faithful to the original text in Anne Frank's diary. A lot of our audience may not know this. I didn't know it for a period of time. The version of Anne Frank's diary that I assume just about every single one of us read in school is an abridged version. The unabridged version does contain some elements that are removed from the abridged version. And this talks about Anne Frank sort of describing her genitals and talking about the I guess you would call it. I don't know if it's confusion or wonder or, you know, figuring out her body Uh, discussions of menstruation and a brief desire to kiss one of her girlfriends. That's in the unabridged version normally in school, they used to do the abridged version. Okay, understanding that. Let's now see what went on here. A Texas middle school teacher has been fired after assigning an unapproved illustrated version of Anne Frank's diary to her eighth grade reading class. These are 13 year olds at the start of the year, 14 years old at the end of the school year. Per a report from KFDM, a spokesperson for Hampshire fan at ISD, located south of Beaumont, released a statement confirming the teacher was sent home Wednesday after reading a passage from Anne Frank's diary, the graphic adaptation in which Frank wrote about male and female genitalia. An investigation has since ensued. As you may be aware, following concerns regarding curricular selections in your students reading class, a substitute teacher has been facil- facilitating the class since Wednesday, September 13th. The district is in the process of posting to secure a high quality full time teacher as quickly as possible. So the teacher in question has indeed been fired. Uh, Per KFDM, the district sent an email to parents on Tuesday saying the content was inappropriate, saying, quote, The reading of that content will cease immediately. Your student teacher will communicate her apologies to you and your students soon. And she has apologized to us. This is the critical line. Okay, while district officials claim The adaptation of Anne Frank's diary was not approved. It was included on a reading list sent to parents at the start of the school year. The investigation will determine if the teacher pivoted from the original approved curriculum or if administrators were aware of the book being part of the class. We essentially know. That this was sent to teachers and per our understanding of policy in the school district, the syllabus was also sent to administration. Now, if teachers I'm sorry, it was sent to parents, not teachers, it was sent to parents and reviewed by the administration. If parents didn't look at it closely, if parents don't know the difference between the abridged and unabridged version, if the administration didn't care to look at it or didn't look at it closely or don't know the difference between the unabridged and abridged version. At minimum, it would be chalked up to oops, we don't like this, but you actually did tell us and therefore you certainly shouldn't have been fired. But The real story here is even this unabridged version, we're talking about eighth graders. This is Anne Frank's diary written by uh, I actually don't remember was Anne Frank 13 or 1213 at the time that she wrote. I don't remember Anne Frank's exact age, but these are the things that everyone at that age is thinking about. And you have a situation where this is what happens. These fascist wannabes, which is I'm not saying they are fascist, but they are fascist authoritarian wannabes. They want to be the ones determining what is read, what words are allowed. Well, Anne Frank mentions she had this idea of what it would be like to kiss a girlfriend ban it. And we are leaving it up to political actors and in some cases the few parents. Who choose to show up at school board meetings and act like fools. We are leaving it up to them to decide what is appropriate to be teaching kids rather than the people who are actually experts in education. My preference would be leave the professional educators to determine what is and is not appropriate. And we are seeing this in Florida. We are seeing this in Texas. The right loves to say that the left suppresses speech, polices speech, punishes people for speech on and on and on and on. And we look around on the left and we say, I mean, I guess I can find some anecdotal examples. But institutionally, it seems to really be happening on the right, not on the left. That is where we find ourselves today. And unfortunately, you know, I have a lot of parents who email me and then say, David, I am the biggest supporter in the world of public schools. I know that when you take kids out of public school, you weaken public education. This is what the right wants. And in fact, part of what the right has been doing over the last decades is worsening public schools to then justify defunding them, that this is this is the process. And parents write to me and they say the public schools in some of them are Florida, some are Texas, some are South Carolina, Arkansas. They're saying the public schools are becoming right wing. They are accepting Prager University material for lesson plans. They are banning, things that I think kids should read and Frank's diary being an example of it. So the parents say now I'm thinking of pulling them out of public school so that I can send them to like an actual school, not a liberal school, but what we would consider not a right wing school so that they can learn what I think they actually should be taught. But the parents thinking of this recognize that in a sense they will make the public education system worse by doing it. Uh, it's crazy what is happening. With American public education. And this is a feature for right wingers, not a bug. Horrible stuff. We'll see what ultimately happens in Texas. The investigation goes on. I'll tell you what uh, what ultimately ends up happening with it. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's smart money podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you nerd wallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to nerd Wallet's smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Think of your most personal emails. If you're using a free email provider, you should know that they're scanning every email you send and receive even after you delete it. They're usually using the data to build a picture of your life, to show you ads, which many find creepy. Our sponsor, start mail never scans or tracks your emails. Privacy is what comes first. And unlike other email services, when you delete an email in start mail. It is gone forever. It also protects your data by blocking tracking pixels in emails, which companies and hackers can use to track you. You can create unlimited email aliases to protect your identity and cut down on spam. You can encrypt every email you send, even if the recipient isn't using encryption. Startmail gives you 20 gigs of storage. That's more than you get on Gmail. And it only takes a few clicks to migrate all of your emails and contacts over to Startmail. Go to startmail.com slash Pacman to get 50% off your first year. That's only about two bucks a month. That's S T A R T mail.com slash Pacman for 50% off. The link is in the podcast notes. Failed former President Donald Trump appears to have admitted to two more crimes, according to a former federal prosecutor, Andrew Weissman. This is super, super interesting stuff. We're going to look at a clip from uh, this is last night on MSNBC. And a, a panel of people on Lawrence O'Donnell's show were reviewing clips from this bonkers off the wall interview that Donald Trump did with NBC's Kristen Welker on Sunday. We reviewed the interview on the Monday show already. Go back and check that out if you want the full scope of insanity from that interview. And they listen to a clip from that interview and then Andrew Weissman will explain. So we'll pick it up with the guests listening to a bit of that interview and then check out what Andrew Weissman says about additional criminal admissions that Donald Trump appears to have made during the interview.
1: The most senior lawyers in your own administration and on your campaign told you that after you'd lost more than 60 legal challenges, that it was over. Why did you ignore them and decide to listen to a new outside group? Because members? I didn't respect them. Uh, You'd hire them. Sure, but that doesn't mean, you know, you hire them, you never met these people, you get a recommendation, they turn out to be rhinos or they turn out to be not so good. In many cases, I didn't respect them. But I did respect others. I respected many others I, that, that said the election was rigged. Look, we have many people, and it's my choice. I happen to, I happen to know the election was rigged were you calling the shots though mr president ultimately uh as to whether or not i believed it was rigged oh sure i i it was my decision uh
2: it was my decision andrew weissman uh what can jack smith and fonnie willis do with testimony like that
3: so i i wanted to focus on something he said shortly after that clip where he said i knew that we won at 10 Mm o'clock the night of the election, (laughs) because that was part of something that's gotten a little very little attention. But that was an effort to stop the count of votes. And the president and his allies had talked about this before the election and then tried to put it into effect on the night of the election because they knew there would be this thing called the Red Mirage. You may remember this, Lawrence which was that he would be doing, Trump would be doing better on the night of the election because the mail-in votes had not been counted. So he went out and tried to get states to stop counting votes. That feeds into the two of the three charges, um, like, a, like a hand in a glove, which is obstruction and the 241 civil rights violation, um, because you can't do that. You can't uh, not count American votes. And that was really interesting to me that he was going back to that in this interview, that sort of stop the count, um, because that is part of the charges um, in both Georgia and in
0: DC. <laughs> so listen, um, Trump wanted to sow chaos. The big picture was Trump wanted to sow chaos, enough of it that he would be able to stay in office tie the election up in courts for months. But he also would have loved to straight up just disenfranchise voters for Joe Biden in order to maybe pull off some states that he didn't actually win. And Trump has been incriminating himself since day one here. He doesn't listen to lawyers when they actually provide sane advice. He does listen to lawyers when they present him with ridiculous memos like John Eastman presenting him with the memo that, hey, maybe Mike Pence can just like stop the entire thing and, quote, send it back to the states and then who the hell knows? Maybe we can actually win. So the number of times that this happens where Donald Trump actually provides evidence and a line of investigation is actually stunning. And there's a real question that people have been emailing me, which is, is Trump fit to stand trial? Now, I want to be super careful here because as the lawyers in our audience know and have written to me when we say Trump's nuts, okay, we're saying Trump's nuts in a sort of colloquial media, societal framework. But in court to to truly demonstrate that someone is not fit to stand trial Or to get a not guilty by reason of insanity. It really is quite a high bar and there is no evidence that Trump genuinely meets that bar. But there is this colloquial way in which many of you have written to me and said, is Trump actually fit to stand trial here? And even if he is at a certain point, the number of times that he either straight up admits to crimes or provides what appears to be evidence that is derogatory to him at certain at a certain point, are his lawyers going to suggest, hey, let's argue you're not fit to stand trial. Now, I think the answer is no, because even if it truly were the legal reality that Trump were unfit to stand trial, Trump's ego would never let him let his him would not allow him to let his lawyers go forward and try to make that case. But more and more people are emailing me about this. I think it's a different thing. It's not a question of fitness. It's a question of narcissism and ego. As I've said before, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. The reason Trump behaves the way he behaves in depositions, the reason that Trump always says I would love to testify, I would love to sit down with Mueller or whoever it is and tell him what it is, the reason that Trump thinks that would go in his favor is because Trump thinks he's the smartest person in the room, that they can't catch him lying. That he can convince other people of things that aren't true. And that is a classic narcissistic, narcissistic and ego driven uh, trait. Do I think Trump is fit to stand trial by the legal definitions? I'm not a legal expert, but all the lawyers that email me say absolutely. David Trump would never successfully argue his lawyers would never successfully argue that he's unfit to stand trial. Is there something wrong with the guy that he keeps admitting to crimes? Of course. And I think it's called narcissism and a completely out of control ego. Donald Trump Jr. announced this morning on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, the death of his father, Donald Trump Jr. That's right. You are not mishearing this. Do not adjust your television or mobile phone. Don't flush it down the toilet. Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account put out, I think now that we used to call them tweets, now that it's called X, we call them excretions, saying that Donald Trump was dead. The best explanation we have right now is that Don Jr. was hacked and Donald Trump is apparently alive. Don Jr. tweeting, quote, I'm sad to announce my father, Donald Trump, has passed away. I will be running for president in 2024. That same verified X account of Donald Trump Jr., then posting, quote, F Joe Biden, stupid ass N word. And then posting, quote, This just in North Korea is about to get smoked. Um, We believe that the North Korea comment is not a communication of any kind of American foreign policy. We believe that it is not accurate that Biden is a stupid ass N word. And we believe it is not accurate that Donald Trump has died but we don't yet have an explanation. Hacking is the simplest explanation. A couple people wrote to me saying, David, is Trump really dead? And I said, no, it can't possibly be. And indeed, reports are that Trump is still alive. By the way, in all seriousness, speaking of X and Twitter and excretions and all of it, uh, Elon Musk apparently now is thinking of charging everyone to use Twitter, even if you don't want to be verified, he would charge everyone and this seems like it would absolutely be the death of the platform. We will discuss that uh, in some detail on today's bonus show, but more about that later. Donald Trump has surged to a historic lead in the 2024 Republican primary and is now crushing everyone. This is an incredible situation. These are truly stunning numbers. Before we look at them, three, four weeks ago, we interviewed political scientist Rachel Biddecoffer. And Rachel Bittercoffer said to me, you know, David, I understand that Donald Trump is leading many of these Republican primary polls, but it's too early to glean much from them. People don't pay attention to primaries until after Labor Day. They don't really pay attention until November, December. So we are going to have to wait until the numbers mean something. The suggestion being Donald Trump's lead in the Republican primary might diminish. Incredibly, the opposite is happening. Donald Trump is seeing a surge in Republican primary polling giving him the biggest lead since the start of this primary today. As more people are paying attention, Trump's lead is growing and it shows us the real debasement of the Republican Party. As many of you know, I am now working very diligently on my forthcoming nonfiction book for adults, not a children's book. And I have been really going through the history of the debasement of the Republican Party in order to tell that story in the book to contextualize how we got to where we are today. And one of the biggest proofs in the pudding or the tapioca or the oatmeal or the matzo ball soup is that today, after everything that has happened, Donald Trump has the strongest polling since the start of this primary. Trump surging to 59% average in the Republican primary. Ron DeSantis's polling is as low as it has ever been, DeSantis down to just 12 and a half. The hemorrhaging continues. He has lost close to 60% of his original support. Ramaswamy, Haley Pence They're all absolutely flat. DeSantis may soon have to end his campaign at this rate. He's only five points ahead of Vivek Ramaswamy. But Trump is leading by as much as ever. In some polls, Trump is leading by 50 ahead of the second place candidate. And this tells us so much about the Republican electorate today. Could it be that after the next debate, which is next week, a week from today, something happens where people don't want Trump anymore in the Republican Party. Sure, anything can happen. Do I expect it to? I really don't. I really don't. This is incredible. Now, while we are reviewing the numbers, let's also look at the numbers on the Democratic side where Joe Biden is now polling an average of 67 percent. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at one point was polling 20. In a Democratic primary. He's now down to 12. He's lost about half of his support. Marianne Williamson at one point was polling about nine. She's now down to five. She's lost about 45 percent of her support. That is the Democratic primary. And then maybe most interestingly, where is national polling right now? Because one of the arguments that is being made by some on the left that is scaring them about Joe Biden is that Biden's losing every national poll against Trump. Now, it really is too early to take these polls super seriously, and you will see why in a moment. But let's review where the hypothetical national polls are. There is a new Emerson poll out which has Biden one point behind Donald Trump. But there is a full 15 percent of the electorate there, 10 to 15 percent. That currently supports someone else or no one yet. They aren't sure that 10 to 15 percent is the difference maker. There is a YouGov Yahoo News poll which has uh, Biden tied with Trump and leading DeSantis by three. And there is a new morning consult poll which has Biden tied with Trump and leading DeSantis by four. And then lastly, a YouGov CBS News poll where Trump leads Biden by one, leads Biden by one. But there is a full 11 percent of the electorate that is either supporting someone else or they don't know yet. So let's talk about the themes here. Number one, the theme is Trump is running away with the Republican primary. Number two, the theme is Democratic primary support is coalescing around Joe Biden at the same time that many Democrats would love to have someone else representing the Democratic Party. And number three. Trump is clearly doing better than DeSantis against Biden. So this isn't good news for Ron DeSantis. It's potentially bad news for Joe Biden. But at this early stage of the game, 10 to 15 percent of the electorate is not yet supporting Trump nor Biden in those polls. As we know, even a seven point margin in a uh, prime in a, a general election is very, very big. So those folks who have not yet decided, Ultimately are going to decide who wins this this presidential race. So we, it's just very early. If I'm Biden, I'm not thrilled. That's for damn sure. but it is not the disaster that many on the left are claiming it to be. Here are my questions for you. Leave your answers in a comment. Write into info at Davidpackman.com. However you want to communicate, send me a telegram. Uh, question number one: Does anyone other than Trump have a shot in the Republican primary? or are you ready to call the Republican primary over? And then question number two, are you worried about the head to head Biden versus Trump polling that we are seeing? Those are the two questions. Does anyone other than Trump have a shot in the Republican primary? And are you worried about the general election polling? Let us know. We will follow up. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube at youtubecom slash The David Show. We're going to be back with more before you know it. A very quick break. Sometimes it can be tough to maintain an emotional connection with your significant other. You might work in different places at different times. There might be a kid in the way. It can be hard to find time for date nights, especially because kids demand so much attention, which is why I love our sponsor paired, which is the app for couples. The app will prompt you with a daily question or a game or a guided conversation, all designed by leading psychologists. And the point is to just have a deeper connection with your partner, boost intimacy, build a deeper knowledge of one another. My girlfriend and I will use the prompts on paired throughout the day to stay connected. For instance, we answered a prompt about what we remember most from the early days of the relationship. It really helps us learn new things and there can be funny moments as well. An independent study found that couples using paired saw 36% increase in the quality of their relationship and giving a paired subscription as a gift is also a really great idea you can try it free for 7 days and get 25% off a subscription go to paired.com/packman that's p a i r e d.com/packman for a free trial and 25% off the link is in the podcast notes Here's something interesting. Uh, Howard Stern declared on his program this week that hell yes, he is woke, and right wingers are completely losing their minds. Now, th- those pe- people know after Howard Stern said he watches the the David Pakman show. That was a big day. A David Pakman membership costs six bucks a month. Right. Um, I I explained I've been listening to Howard Stern for you know more than twenty years, and and uh, I I like a lot of what he's been saying politically over the last five years. What I find fascinating about what I'm about to play for you is that Howard Stern is talking about exactly what I've talked about when it comes to woke. The right has perverted woke. The right has cartoonified woke into being whatever. You know, they like to talk about blue haired lesbians or what they've caricatured wokeness into some kind of free speech, suppressing tone and language policing insanity where everyone has to, uh, you know, declare their pronouns and what the truth is. Woke means. Hey, you know what? I've become aware of problems in society that are bigger than one person to fix. I've become aware of issues with the world we live in that we need to work together to fix. That's what wokeness actually is. And it's been perverted. And let's listen to this clip. It's very interesting where Howard says. I people say I'm woke like it's bad. You know what? I guess I am woke. And he is doing what we've talked about, which is just just take the turn back. Woke is good. The opposite of woke is bad. And by the way, when we look at, at when you poll Americans about their views on wokeness, more see it as a good thing than a bad thing, even despite the smear campaign on wokeness from the right. And on most issues, a majority of the country identifies with the woke point of view. Let's listen.
2: I'll play you the clip, but uh, he does say, you know, I'm a big Howard Stern fan and I started But but how he goes, yeah, but Howard is woke now. That's I hear that oh, a lot. Geez. That I'm, I'm not good anymore because I'm woke. I've, my whole career. I've Well, been hearing, maybe Metamucil is woke.
0: Stop eating it. Yeah. By the way, I kind of <laughs> take that as a compliment. We're going to deal with the Metamucil portion of this. It, 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 that's too big a story to deal with in this segment. Just so people know
2: that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I um, feel about it. <laughs> to me the opposite of woke is being asleep and if woke means i can't get behind trump which is what i think it means or that i support people who want to be transgender or i'm for the vaccine dude call me woke as you want i'm not for stupidity you know I ran out Friday morning. I was over at CVS. Thank you, CVS. I went over there 9 a.m. and got myself that new vaccine for COVID. <laughs> In science. This f***ing country is so great. You can get it for free. I mean, everyone can get it for free except me. I had to pay for it. Because some what? reason, my, my f***ing insurance, you know, they take your insurance card and they go, oh, your insurance for some reason doesn't... I, I go, I got this sh-
3: How did you wind up with a bad policy? What's wrong with you?
2: cost me 300 fucking bucks for me and Beth. What? Yeah. (laughs) No, more. Anyway, the rest of you will not have to pay. Stop it.
3: No, I've never, they take my information, they say has, they don't even look anymore because they have me in the file. And they say, has your insurance changed? No.
2: Here's your shot. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I didn't care. I, I wanted it. I got there super early, and I was like the first one, and I I got that shot. And I'm like, God bless the United States. God bless the United States. I get every f- vaccine. out. Good. And, and for those of you who think that the government's trying to kill you or implant chips, or go they're chipping your... you, I don't yeah. know why they're chipping you. Go for those conspiracies. But I am woke, mother, and I love it. <laughs> I want to be awake. I want to read legitimate news sources. Here's how woke I am. I believe the election was not rigged. Because so did, you,
3: did you did you hear um, Trump's latest statement about yeah. how he decided the election was was uh, fake? Was that he just felt that way? Yeah, and he felt he he had a feeling. Listen to his. <laughs> lo-
0: you get the point, okay? I love this for a couple different reasons. Number one, I love it because I I've been around the Howard Stern audience long enough to know that there's a significant right wing contingent of Howard's audience that loves Trump and uh, they are absolutely infuriated. They are disgusted. If you go on the Howard Stern subreddit or you look on the comments on the Howard Stern Instagram account or wherever, there are these MAGA people that are just furious furious with with uh, uh, Howard Stern over his opposition to Trump and his support of vaccines and his support of science or whatever. But it's like, what are you going to do? Go to Opie and Anthony. I don't even know if they're still on the air or man cow. So anyway, it's, it's funny to see them just melting about all of this. But the most important thing here is how did wokeness become bad? It became bad because we let the right caricature it. And so, you know, I don't use the ter- I use the term in that now I joke when I say when I talk about wokeness only because I know that the right has destroyed the term so badly that if you use it seriously, you're ridiculed or you're dismissed or whatever the case may be. But Howard is right. When we talk about wokeness, we are saying, hey, we are aware of injustices and problems. We'd like to fix them. We understand empiricism over how we feel. We understand that public policy should not be guided by one person's religious beliefs or one other person's religious beliefs, which then might be in conflict. This is a really great thing to see. And by the way, it's reaching hopefully the slice of Howard's audience that is just enamored with Trump. So you truly do love to see it. Speaking of Trump, Trump is backpedaling as quickly as he can from the things he said about abortion during Sunday's interview with Kristen Welker. This is just the best. Trump is now being beaten down by the monster he helped to create. Trump said something slightly less extreme than what many of his followers believe on Sunday, which is that a six week abortion ban is too crazy that he wants a 15 week abortion ban. Now, understand a 15 week abortion ban is also crazy. There's we're. Even at 20 weeks, we're not talking about viability. But okay, Trump said to Kristen Welker the following about abortion, and it got him into big trouble. Mr.
1: President, I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where you stand on this I think, I think his... they're all gonna like me. I think both sides are gonna like me. Let, let me what, but what's let Mr. going President, to have to Mr. happen Mr. is you're gonna have ask to... This question, Kristen, you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're gonna come up with a number of weeks or months, you're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk if you were re-elected, right. would you sign it at 15 weeks? Are you weeks? talking about a complete ban? A f- ban at 15 be- weeks. Well, people, people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign Uh-oh. that? Uh, I, would, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean DeSantis is willing to sign a 5 week and 6 week ban. Do you support that? You think that's I, that I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake.
0: It is true that what DeSantis did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. So would a 15 week ban, but consider what's going on. Trump's position is extreme. A ban on all abortions after 15 weeks. But it is less extreme than a ban on all abortions after six weeks. It's a crazy position that Trump has, but it's not as crazy as a six week ban. It's abortion for whatever reason, up to 15 weeks instead of abortion for whatever reason, up to six weeks. And Trump immediately backpedaling because of stuff like this. Here is Dan Bongino saying. I can't get behind this and this is one of the biggest Trump suck-ups in the world. No,
3: listen, I wholeheartedly uh, and completely disagree with that position. I just Uh-oh. want to be on the record I just completely disagree with that position. I I uh, can't boy. reconcile that with faith with morality. I can't. I I can't reconcile that at all. I'm
0: all right. So because of statements like that from Dan Bongino and you know, you've got the 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 people who are for life and the concerned mothers and the worried women and all these different groups. Trump then had to backpedal and Trump went to his platform, Truth Social Truth and said the following quote, like Ronald Reagan before me. Now he's Reagan like Ronald Reagan before me. I believe in the three exceptions of capital R rape, capital I incest and the capital L life of the mother. Without the exceptions, it is very difficult to win capital E elections. We would probably lose the capital M majorities in 2024 and perhaps the presidency itself. But you must follow your heart. In order to win in 2024, Republicans must learn how to talk about abortion. The issue cost us unnecessarily but dearly in the midterms. Continuing, I was able to do something that nobody thought was possible, and Roe v. Wade. For 52 years, people talked, spent vast amounts of money but couldn't get the job done. I got the job done thanks to the three great Supreme Court justices I appointed. This issue has been returned to the capital S states where all capital L legal scholars on both sides felt it should be. Now the pro-life community has tremendous negotiating power. So Trump is now backpedaling and trying to make it seem as though all he's saying is abortion in cases of rape, incest and life of the mother. He's backpedaling from the fact that he wants nine more weeks of abortions than what Desantis sanctus and other right wingers want. He is panicking. He is a victim of the monster that he helped to create. He's trying to appease both sides. And it is backfiring spectacularly, like everything that Donald Trump touches. And the, let me give you Trump's real view on abortion. We all know that Trump's real view on abortion is whatever will get me elected, whatever will get me donations. That's Trump's actual view. And I want to remind everybody that Donald Trump was pro-choice for the first I think it's 68 years of his life. All of a sudden, Trump's running for president as a Republican and he's had an awakening. What is the awakening? Here's the story he told. This one's even less believable than Dave Rubin's political awakening. Trump said, you know, I was pro-choice my whole life. Grew up in New York City, whatever, Democrat, et cetera. But then I met a kid and it was a nice kid. And the kid's mom said, you know, I thought about having an abortion, but I didn't. And Trump thought, wow, this is such a great kid. I'm now against abortion because of that. <laughs> that story. It's such a stupid story. I mean, it really is. Uh, is it? No, it's not about. <laughs> People should be able to choose the woman chose. she was able to choose not to have an abortion. Great. Um, so we've known all along that Trump's view on abortion is whatever the hell will get me into the Oval Office. But Trump panicking Trump backpedaling as a victim of the monster he helped create. One of our sponsors is Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Don't you think it's time you stopped putting smoke and vape oils in your lungs? Zipix toothpicks are a convenient way to curb the nicotine cravings. Zipix toothpicks are super discreet. You can use them anytime, anywhere. Smoking and vaping aren't allowed, including flights, sporting events, in restaurants. They're available in six different flavors with options of two and three milligrams of nicotine. If you're not a nicotine user, Zipix also offers caffeine. And B12 infused toothpicks. Zippix has already helped tens of thousands of customers ditch the cigarettes, ditch the vapes. They might be able to help you too. If you're a smoker or a vapor, give Zipix Toothpicks a try. Your lungs will thank you. Go to zipixtoothpicks.com today. Save 10% with the code Pacman10 at checkout. Just remember you must be 21 or older to order. That's zippixtoothpicks.com. Use promo code Pacman10 at checkout for 10% off. That's Pacman10. The info is in the podcast notes. Radical Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's problems as a result of public sex acts and vaping in a theater uh, are not ending anytime soon. This is fascinating stuff. Our friends over at Midas Touch have the story. Lauren Boebert's forthcoming speech to the Texas Youth Summit has been canceled because she fondled a dude's genitals in public. Isn't that a sad story? So let's take a look at the reporting from Midas Touch. Texas Youth Summit scrubs Lauren Boebert from Speaker lineup. Boebert continues getting booted from venues. The Texas Youth Summit has scrubbed spunky Republican Representative Lauren Boebert. From their youth oriented event. The group announced the addition of Bobert after the Colorado Congresswoman was kicked out of Buell Theater in Denver for disruptive behavior, which included vaping flash photography and fondling between her and her date. So they initially they came to her rescue. The Texas Youth Summit courageously and bravely invited Lauren Bobert to speak after she was treated so unfairly By the people, uh, the ushers and security guards at the theater. Okay, Bobert was then caught lying about the details of the removal after CCTV footage was released. This did not deter the Texas Youth Summit from announcing Bobert's addition. They announced and described her as a devout Christian who seeks to honor God in all that she does. They mentioned she wore a gun on her hip when she spoke at the event last year. They published this. Lauren Bobert was announced as part of the VIP reception, where you can also meet Charlie Kirk, Byron Donalds, Don Jr. Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle. She was getting the full celebrity treatment. After Midas Touch broke the addition of Bobert, the Texas Youth Summit quietly removed her from the lineup, deleted every social media post announcing the addition. Uh oh. A Google site search revealed Bobert's name was scrubbed from the entire web page. Don't MAGA Republicans call this cancel culture. And they have a bunch of the, the tweets. We are excited to announce Congresswoman Bobert is added to our All-Star Texas Youth Summit lineup. Free to ages 12 to 26, 27 plus you pay at the beautiful Woodlands Marriott. They had an image, she's going to sp- to speak. Uh-oh, this post is being deleted. That is trouble. So, it's cute, right? I mean, it's cute. The the Texas Youth Summit proudly and courageously invited her to show how they are not going to allow her to be canceled. And then all of a sudden when it's spotlighted that this lunatic is getting allowed uh, being invited to speak, they quietly remove it. They cancel the entire thing. It's like it never happened. Fine. Oh, they had a change of heart or it was bad publicity or whatever. But what about the voters? What about the hypocrisy of the voters? Will Republican voters in Colorado not vote for Lauren Boebert? Or will they still vote for her over Adam Frisch? Because at least she's not a Democrat. That's the question. We won't know the answer until November of 2024. But I want to remind people again, the Republicans' control of the House of Representatives could hinge on whether Lauren Boebert or Adam Frisch win in Colo- in Colorado in November of 2024. AdamforColorado.com. He lost by only 500 something votes. In 2022, we can get Bobert out and we might even be able to take the House from Republicans. So it is critically important that we say, hey, you know what? We can't count. If you're counting on Republican voters not being hypocrites to win an election, you're going to be disappointed. So what we have to do is we have to make sure every single one of us is registered in Colorado and that we actually vote if you are in Bobert's district. I actually forget. Is it the third, 14th? or fourth district, Lauren Boebert Wiki. Let's see what which district is it? It's the third district. If you live in Colorado's third congressional district, make sure that you're planning to vote, you're registered to vote, et cetera, because your vote could actually decide whether Democrats or Republicans control the House of Representatives for the next two years, which is an incredible responsibility and opportunity. Lauren Boebert's problems after fondling a dude in public go further than just maybe losing the House of Representatives for Republicans in 2024. She may have committed multiple crimes, multiple crimes on that day. Now, there are a bunch of aspects to this story. It is really stunning stuff, as I like to say. So let's talk talk it through. One element here is that Colorado law says public indecency is when a person performs certain acts in a public place or in a place where the public is likely to see them, including and this is critical, lewdly fondling or caressing another individual. Now, whatever your opinion is, whatever my opinion, whatever anyone's opinion is about whether you should be allowed to or not lewdly fondle others in public in Colorado. If we are for law and order, We must go by what the law is. And according to statute 18 seven three oh one of the Colorado Criminal Code, public indecency is a petty offense sex crime punishable by fines and up to six months in prison. Lauren Boebert's actions the other day in that theater may make her a sex criminal. Think about that. Uh, It usually carries lighter penalties. Usually you wouldn't get six months in jail. You would get 10 days in jail. Usually you wouldn't get um, whatever the high fines are. You'd get like a few hundred bucks, maybe probation, maybe counseling. So that is one element of this. The fondling may have been a crime. We are being told that the prosecutor's office is not interested in prosecuting her. Why? If we're for law and order and she committed a crime, then then maybe it should be investigated. But there's a second element to this. Lauren Bobert is known for carrying firearms with her. We don't know whether she had a firearm with her in the movie theater based on how she was dressed. I don't know where she would hide one other than maybe in her purse. But let's imagine she may have been carrying a firearm with her on that day. Would it be a crime to be vaping cannabis and carrying a firearm, assuming it was cannabis and assuming that she had a firearm? Well, firearms possession while under the influence is also a legal issue in Colorado. Colorado lets those 21 plus to have cannabis and to use cannabis. But you are not allowed to possess firearms when you are under the influence of that cannabis. So if someone is vaping cannabis, presumably you vape it to be under its influence while possessing a firearm. That also may be against the law. We don't know if she was armed. I guess we don't know for sure whether it was cannabis, but I I, I think it probably was. This would be another aspect of criminality to look into. Now, I do think it's important for us on the left when we hear about some of these some of these laws. We may not agree with every single one of these laws, although I agree you shouldn't be allowed to carry a gun while under the influence that that makes a lot of sense to me. What's important is that they claim to be the party of law and order. They claim to be the party of personal responsibility, but then they want to be excused because this was just, oh, it's just funny. I was just being eccentric, Bobert said. If she broke the law, she should be investigated. If there's evidence against her, she should indeed be prosecuted. Because listen, these are our role models, aren't they? These are the people that are, they tell us what our morality should be and what relationships are okay and not okay and what sex acts behind closed doors are okay and not okay and all of these different things. She's a 36 year old grandmother, so she certainly knows a lot about not only being a parent, but being a grandparent. So we should really be listening and taking a cue from her. And this is what she's doing, she shouldn't get excused. She should actually have to uh, face consequences if she did commit a crime. Also, this is all very crazy, and she has no business being in a position of power. So that, that's the sort of like big takeaway. Hey, uh, this is so funny. We have a voicemail number 2192 David P. The Eggman called in about the Lauren Boebert thing. This, this voicemail genuinely made me laugh out loud. Take a listen to this.
1: Dave, they need a dress code in the Senate. Letting John Fetterman wear hoodies is debasing the Senate because of that. Lauren Boebert thinks it's OK to give a hand job inside <laughs> of a Beetlejuice show and smoke <laughs> in her weed vape. That's right. All because this guy Fetterman is wearing hoodies in the Senate. Now, Boebert is doing this crazy stuff, OK? Shalom.
0: All right. And the the Eggman, of course, tongue in cheek there. But listen, it's, it's absolutely true. John Fetterman wearing a hoodie in the Senate so debased both chambers of Congress that it led to Lauren Boebert seeing the door as being opened to her engaging in fondling in a theater and, you know, vaping in a theater and all of these different things. That's exactly right. What what are we saying to the parents of children when John Fetterman wears a hoodie to the Senate? It's really dangerous stuff that we need a dress code for right away. But but reelect Lauren Boebert, you've got to be kidding me. We have such a good bonus show for you today. Ray Epps, who is the target of conspiracy theories that he's an FBI informant or agent. Tucker Carlson has participated in this. So have so many others. Ray Epps has now been charged by the Department of Justice. This is so damn funny because one of the main arguments that the conspiracy theorists use to argue that Ray Epps really is an FBI informant is he hasn't been charged. If he really did things incorrectly illegally on January 5th and 6th, he would have been charged by now, to which many of us said maybe, maybe not. It also can take a while to build a case against people. Well, now he's been charged. So the argument that the lack of charges proves he's an FBI informant, has now gone in the toilet. Now, what are they going to say? Well, they'll say, oh, the FBI, he's only been charged to make it seem like he's not an informant. All right. So we're going to talk about the Ray Epps situation on the bonus show. Secondly, I mentioned this earlier. Elon Musk is now suggesting that the platform formerly known as Twitter is going to start charging every user a small monthly payment. I can assure you I will not be paying that much like I am not paying for verification on Twitter. But what will this do to the platform? And thirdly, Russell Brand has been suspended from YouTube's monetization program over the allegations of rape and sexual assault from multiple women. Now, are allegations alone worthy of demonetization? It's not a legal question. YouTube can do whatever it wants. But what about that? Certainly you are presumed innocent criminally until proven guilty. But what about demonetization? We will discuss all of those stories and more on the bonus show. If you don't have access to the bonus show, you are not getting the full David Pacman Show experience. We do an extra show every day for our members. To get a membership, you need only go to joinpacman.com. Prices will be going up when the new website launches. So get in now to save. You can lock in a low price for life. And you can even save 50 percent on top of that by using the coupon code four years for indictments, four years for indictments. Even full price is cheap, but you can pay even less with the coupon code four years for indictments. Sign up. We'll see you on the bonus show. And I will, of course, be back tomorrow.